Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers exactly the insurance they need, whether it's auto, home, life, business, bundles. They do everything they can to find you the best price to save your budget. And if there's ever a claim, they go to work as if it happened to them. It's Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. John McLean, in just a few moments, first our play-by-play call of the day. Now the kick of the pitch, swing and a drive hit well to right field. Eaton going back, way back, looking up. It's going, going, and gone. Goodbye. That one over the big wall to the left of the Nationals' bullpen. A three-run homer for D.D. Gregorius. And Harper belts one to right center field. Taylor going back, way back, looking up. And this one is gone. Goodbye. It's a three-run home run for Bryce Harper on the first pitch from Max Scherzer. No crowd, not a lot of emotion. But Bryce Harper, D.D. Gregorius, both uh, homered in their exhibition game. By the way, Aaron Nolan looked really good the other day. Five uh, scoreless innings. Pitched really, really well. Always a pleasure to have on one of the greats in the business of journalism, and that is John McClain, Houston Chronicle. John, hope you and yours continue to stay well down there in Texas. We are, Steve. Thank you very much. I hope you're staying safe as well. Thank you so much. We are. Thank you. Okay, uh, the Chiefs and the uh, Texans get the report a little earlier because they play the opener. Uh, How concerning is it for players across the board that in all these months where the NFL had obviously ample opportunity to work on something, it doesn't appear like they have anything. Well, they worked on it, and they have a plan, and they presented it to the union. They haven't been able to work it out. They've been negotiating for weeks. Just because the NFL wants to implement its plan doesn't mean the players should accept it. A lot of what the NFL wants to do is unfair. I think one of the the worst things I've seen is trying to have an opt-out date of August 1st when they may not (laughs) – even have all the protocols settled by August 1st. That if a player opts out because he's worried about pre-existing conditions or him or family member, he can't come back for the rest of the year. I think that's preposterous. I think it's a negotiating ploy, as are many of the NFL's recommendations. I wrote two weeks ago, Steve, that they should push back training camp two or three weeks, wait till all this gets ironed out, don't ask players to report with the uncertainty that's going on today because of the coronavirus. The only thing we know about the NFL right now, and they've done a great job with this, they've paid a lot of money for a private company 
to send mobile units to the facilities, like there's one in the parking lot outside NRG Stadium where players and other people associated with the players get tested, get the, the nose swab, and then they get the results in 24 hours. So that's good. And But there's so many other questions that are unanswered from preseason, roster size, opt-out, salary cap implications, how much do you get paid if the season's canceled, how much do you get paid if half the season's canceled, what do you get paid if the owners are losing a lot of money, are the losses from COVID-19 going to be over two years like the owners want or over the life of the collective bargaining agreement like the players want, which would be 11 years. They just have so many issues, why force them to go out? I believe this. The Texans and the Chiefs, they don't care about their rookies showing up today to get COVID-19 tests. If they pass tomorrow, they'll have their physicals, then they'll start the conditioning part of training camp. The league's more concerned, and the union, with with, uh, the 28th because that's when everybody's supposed to be in camp. Mm -hmm. There's some people still think it could be delayed. You almost feel like like the rookies and the free agents are the guinea pigs in this. Exactly. In fact, that's the exact term I use today, that the Texans rookies are in the Chiefs, or you served as guinea pigs. Let's say, do one or two test positive, do ten test positive? Because let's face it, Steve, there's a lot of young guys been out there. They're not worried about the coronavirus. They give lip service to it. We see them taking pictures with with no mask, no social distancing, working out together. There was an offensive line summit in Dallas recently, suburban Dallas, in which 50 linemen were there, and they weren't wearing masks, and they weren't practicing social distancing, and linemen are supposed to be smart. And yet they sure didn't look smart. So when they all show up, are they all? Are they going to be thirty positive tests for team one or two? We're not going to know until they actually move ahead. Uh, well, look, you and I both know young people have more of a sense of immortality than than you and I do. Maybe I don't know. I used to feel like I was invincible, and I know yep. you did too. So I think yep. today they think, okay, forget it. I'll do what it takes to get over it, and then I'll get back to work. Yeah, no, exactly right. That's exactly right. That's right. You and I used to think that, too, along the way. Uh, when when the big stars, in this case, Deshaun Washington, J.J. Watt, along with others, I saw Russell Wilson's tweet, uh, what does that do to put pressure on the league? Because when you do something on Twitter, it is public. I don't think that had squat to do with what's going on in negotiations. They decided (laughs) to do that. It was more for fans and media to let them know that they care enough to do that. Uh, Drew Brees was another one. And but everything's going on behind the scenes. The owners are having another conference call right now as we speak to be brought up to date. I believe this, Steve. I believe they're going to get it worked out. And then just like in the NBA and Major League Baseball, they're not going to know how many people are going to test positive till they go in and get the test. That's the next step. Go in, take the test, see what happens 24 hours later. Hope, unlike baseball, they're not delays. I know the Astros. One time the whole team had to knock off a practice because they didn't get the results back quick enough. Two or three other times star players had to stay out of practice because they didn't get their results back quick enough. Hopefully the NFL has worked out 
the kind of trial and error that baseball and basketball have gone through and that at least they can get past that part. But what they need to know, and this is terrible, this is why they need to play a preseason game. Put all the backups out there. See how many test positive. Keep the star players out. Yep. If only two or three of them test positive, that that bodes well for the start of regular season. If ten test positive, then that's scary for the start of regular season. And after they actually play a game in which they bleed and they sweat and they spit on each other, how many are going to test positive after that? And then all those people they've been around, do they get quarantined as well? That's what we need to see. What are the results from a football game? And if you wait till regular season to find out, it could be catastrophic for the next month. See, that's why I would I would put the opt out like the Monday after the preseason game. That's when I, I put think, the opt out. Well, I think if you're opting out, and I don't think many will, football. Football yeah. careers are shorter. They don't make as much money. They don't get as much guaranteed money, and plus, they know if they opt out, it's they're going to be it's going to be held against them. No matter, nobody will ever admit that. And I I do think this: if you opt out, you ought to be able to come back. You know what happens if if they yeah. stick to the August first deadline and you opt out, and then December first there's a vaccine and you could come back and play down the stretch mm-hmm. and in the playoffs. That wouldn't be fair. For somebody backing out because they're worried about a pre-existing condition, or for their family, and then be told, "No, you can't come back when there's a vaccine this season." That's there's got to be some flexibility, Steve. It's just like in college football. To be yeah. Division One, you got to play a certain number of sports. The NCAA has to relax that rule because there's a lot of schools, if they don't play football, they're going to have to cut some sports, even if it's just temporarily. And the NFL, I mean, the NCAA cannot hold them to that same standard. It would be grossly unfair. Today, Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey said that uh, no uh, fans of Jets, Giants games, Rutgers football games. Has Governor Greg Abbott of Texas issued any edict on the possibility of fans at games if they are played? Let me say this about our governor. He's the last person I listen to. I listen to the medical (laughs) experts, not the politicians who are going to tell you uh, what you want to hear or whatever is most favorable for them. He opened our state back up sooner than all the experts told him to, said you're making a mistake. He did. Now we have set records for positive tests and deaths almost every day. So he has told them. You can have half a stadium. He's basically told them, leaving it up to them. I do not believe anytime soon we will see any fans in the stands at any of these games because of the risk and because we've seen what happens when governors open their states back and people act like, oh, the virus is gone, and then you have it worse than ever. And I think if you start letting fans go to football games, you're asking for trouble. But I do believe they'll play because they can at least get the TV money. Yeah. Uh, What about your ability, John, to cover it? I mean, I know nobody has said anything to me yet or to Jack Ham yet about, you know, Penn State football. I mean, they haven't said anything to us yet about that. What have they said to you about covering it? 
The NFL policy is 10 media people per team will be able to watch practice, and they'll be able to go into the stadium, like up in the press box, to work right afterwards instead of going home. And the reason is today everybody's got to get it online immediately. And I right. like that because the press box is huge and we can spread out. And we have to undergo regular testing, even though we can't get close to the players, can't interview them anywhere, but on Zooms afterward. Uh, we're still going to get tested, and I like that. And then there's going to be another group of probably 10 to 15 who will be able to go there, but uh, they will not be able to go into the stadium and they will not be able to get close to the practice field. And as far as a game, like the Kansas City Chiefs-Texans open that first game, the press box at Arrowhead is huge, but if yeah. you're going to be six feet away from somebody, it shrinks because we're going to have protests, because we're not going to have fans, it's still going to be something you got to cover because of the atmosphere, to write about the unprecedented atmosphere. And so I, I would suspect I'll be at all the games, but it seems like I could save the Chronicle a lot of money, Steve, if I stayed on, watched it on TV, and then did the Zoom interviews afterward like I would do at the stadium. All right. Uh, the... Uh... I know the Minnesota Vikings have a huge facility up at Eden Prairie, huge locker room facility there and so forth, huge weight room facility, which gives them the ability to space players out. What is the Texans set up in Houston? How big is that facility, and can it be made conducive to allow them to have that critical space they need? Well, training camp roster is supposed to be 90. They're talking the league wants right. 80. And even if you put them all six feet apart, every other locker is not six feet apart. I don't care what they say they're not. Texans are going to have to set up temporaries, even though they have a big locker room. And, uh, you know, there's limits on how many can go in the shower. There's limits on how many can be in the facility, how many can be on the practice field at the same time. All that's to be negotiated. I like what a lot of baseball teams have done. They're using the concourse at their stadium which is plenty big to spread out instead of trying to use office space or locker rooms that they ordinarily use. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Nobody's in the concourse anyway. Exactly. So, Might as well right. use it for something. Now, if they tried that here, it'd be fine. If the roof was closed, the boy in Texas and anywhere in the south, you open those roofs and you put people out in the heat, they're going to be miserable. Yeah, they will be miserable. John, most important part to us is uh, you're safe and sound. Always enjoy your work. Great respect for it. Thank you so much. Steve, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Stay safe. John McClain, the uh, great writer from the Houston Chronicle. <laughs> I found that to be incredibly informative in a lot of ways. See, I ask the same questions to the suit, and I get, huh? And then usually it's followed by no. What was it? I don't Same questions. Even, even the questions that aren't yes or no, we get you. No. I don't understand that. What time's the meeting? No. What? <laughs> Does that worry you, Matt? Hey, that's us every day. That's me every day. <laughs> John, isn't John great? Oh, that was tremendous. I just uh, I can't say enough good things. See, this is what... There are a lot of great reporters out there. Um, this business has taken its fair share of shots. There's no question about that. But we are fortunate. We have a wide array of 
great reporters that we can call. John is obviously one of them, one of the cream of the crop. And, you know, when you've been around a while, you, you know, you, you can, you have a perspective. And that's what, so John has that. John's just, my respect for him is immense. Boy, he's good at what he does. We'll come back with more in a moment. Um, we're coming up next half hour with Matt Leon from Philadelphia as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As we continue in the green phase per the governor's order, most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the insurance department. Our office remains available to service our current and new clients by phone, by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated dedicated to the highest levels of service to protect what matters most. Yes, whenever he walks into the building, the suit has to have this song played, and then he air guitars it into the corner office. It's really part of the sad culture that's developed in the broadcast facility of Champions. He's actually not here this week. He has the whole week off, so I won't be seeing that this week. He was off for months. What? Is... <laughs> Jeez. How about that? I'm over here punching the clock every day. What? <laughs> what, is he exhausted from the weeks he's been back? What? <laughs> he's not here. Where'd he go? Is that a company secret? I don't know. I don't know if it's a staycation or if he's going somewhere. I, I wasn't told. Wow. Well, they really uh really keep secrets from you, don't they? All right. The uh The Iowa story, the NFL story, the Washington story, um, I mean, all big stories right now. All big stories right now. And New Jersey, of course, Uh, has announced that no fans at Giants games, Jets games, and at Rutgers. Now, you know, we can make all sorts of uh, we can make all sorts of jokes about Rutgers not, but Rutgers does draw. What happens is it's they're in that position that a lot of schools are. Or not, excuse me, a lot of sports teams are at right now where it seems like a good chunk of the stadium is the other team's fans. Penn State goes in there. There's Penn State fans all over the place. Same thing with Ohio State goes there. Same thing with Michigan goes there. But How about anybody but Rutgers? <laughs> well, but then you go to a Rutgers basketball game. 
And see, and here's the difference. Rutgers basketballs become very, very good. Rutgers, I think, would have made the NCAA tournament. Penn State was definitely in. I think Rutgers was close. I think when Rutgers won, they beat late on the road. I think they beat Illinois late on the road. And I think that really helped them. Uh, and you go to a Rutgers basketball game, yeah, there are Penn State fans at the game. I mean, there's going to be Penn State fans at the game because there are a lot of Penn State either fans or alumni that live in New Jersey. But the crowd is overwhelmingly Rutgers basketball crowd. They're overwhelming. They're good. Steve Peichel's done a great job. They're good. Their fans are into it. You should have seen their fans at Madison Square Garden where they went out and they won two games. And then they were there for the quarterfinal game against Purdue. That place was rocking with Rutgers fans. So, yeah, they exist, Matt. They exist. I've seen them firsthand. But they are um, no fans for their games. Now, right now, Penn State is scheduled to play at Rutgers Thanksgiving weekend. The question is, we don't really know what the schedule is. I mean, does it start for Penn State on September 26th with Northwestern? Or is there a game in front of that? Uh, I don't know. One thing they're not being clear about is, A, how many games, and B, whether the schedule's staying the same or it's being reworked. I don't have any answers to that. I don't know. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers. Exactly the insurance they need, whether it's auto, home, life, business, maybe it's a bundle. They're also doing everything they can to find you exactly the best price because they know your budget is also extremely important. And if there's ever a claim to go to work as if it happened to them, it is Purdy Insurance, great people who are great professionals, Market Street in Sunbury, Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. For Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory. Great sales staff. Absolutely fabulous service department. They just get it done. 
for the life of your purchase. That's why they have so many repeat customers, because they are so well taken care of. It is all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And also at our good friend Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. So now let's find out what's going on in Philadelphia. And with that, we bring in our good friend, Matt Leon. Matt, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. Hanging in there like everybody else. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Uh, the Phillies have had a, uh, have been able to get out and at least play some summer camp games. Uh, not spring training, summer camp. Uh, Indeed. Yes, summer <laughs> camp games. Uh, so any thoughts on the uh, early going? Because Aaron Nolas, I mean, I listened to some of the broadcasts the other day, and uh, Aaron Nolas sounded like he was spot on. Yeah, no, he looked good. Uh, Bryce Harper hit a bomb. Didi Gregorius hit one in D.C. Um, no, a lot, lot to like from that standpoint. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, just aside from the the constant threat of the virus, a 60-game sprint, uh, this is a Phillies team that could be very – could be built perfectly for – a 60 game sprint uh, because I think they're going to hit the baseball a lot and I'm not in love with their starting pitching but I think over 60 they can probably hide it enough with a manager like Joe Girardi over 60 games yeah uh, I think he I think Girardi makes a big difference uh, in terms yeah. of how to manage this thing what's your opinion on that oh absolutely and it's I mean, you go from Gabe Kapler to Joe Girardi, that's like going from the bizarro world to Earth, too. I mean, it is. <laughs> uh, it, it, you're completely – I was just reading this morning some things Kapler was talking about out in San Francisco, and you just shake your head. Like, I get thinking outside of the box, but, you know, there's also thinking when there's not even a box there. Like, it's it's just a lot. Uh, and to listen to Girardi kind of answer questions head on and – you know, tell you what he knows and what he doesn't know, and uh, it's going to be a big difference. It, it it really is. And once again, you know, if a manager, you we can argue how much effect the manager has. Some people, you know, say that it's possible that you know it could be two, three games over the course of a season that a manager wins or loses. Well, if you're talking about a sixty game season, that could that could be big. So. Uh, you have a lot more. I guess the long answer, the short answer to what I'm trying to say is, uh, you feel a lot more confident in a manager like Girardi being yes. able to cover over shortcomings than you did with Gabe Kapler. Yeah, it's the equivalent of watching Major League back to the minors as opposed to watching Major League One. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but what Gabe tried to do, while an interesting experiment, it's just that an interesting experiment. And I think he had some – I think he was on the right track with some things, but I think he was too cute by half and tried to constantly be the smartest kid in the room. Yeah. And it backfired. Like, I don't – there were some things that I saw what he was trying to do, and I understood the concept, but how he went about it, and looks like he really hasn't changed much from the little bit I've read of his time in San Francisco. So, uh I think it's going to be a struggle for the Giants. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now let's get to um, D.J. Gregorius. Uh, he is somebody that really could have opted out. 
and yet he has decided to continue playing. What were your thoughts on, on him? Because he homered the other day. What are your thoughts on him? Because I mean, he has certainly underlying s- situations that would say opt out. Yeah, and uh, he's going to play wearing a mask, he yeah. says. So, same, with, uh, same, is, same with Clint Frazier of the uh, Yankees. Yeah, which is interesting, and it'll it'll be interesting to see if that maybe makes other guys feel a little more comfortable if uh, a couple of, of high-profile guys. But uh, I think Gregorius, I'm glad he's decided to play that he's comfortable. He could be a, a real – he could be a difference maker for this team because if he's all the way recovered, I think they've got two guys that the extra time, you know, if you're going to look for a positive in all this mess, this season starting this late for him and Andrew McCutcheon. Yes. uh, Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, Gregorius came back last year and played, but to be further removed from the injury and, to McCutcheon to be able to be fully healthy, uh, those are two guys that you could see a level of play that maybe if this was a normal season, you wouldn't have expected when the season started. And to be able to get those two guys specifically uh, to be able to hit the ground running at at full strength, uh, that could be really, really big for this team. I want to get to the Sixers. Uh, Sitting in the bubble right now, the big story is Ben Simmons moving up front. Where obviously he can play. I mean, look, LeBron James is a facilitator from a forward position. Obviously, Ben Simmons can be. But what are your thoughts on Shake Milton taking over as the point guard? And how interesting is this quote shuffle? I think it's interesting. I think uh, you, Ben's a you say facilitator. Like he just he's a playmaker. And the one, the two, the three, the four, the five. He is that talented and that fluid that he's going to make it look like he's played that position his whole time. And I think this was kind of a move that was kind of dictated by Shake Milton. I think Shake Milton, I agree with that. Before everything got shut down, was turning into a difference maker for the Sixers. And I think Brett Brown's got the luxury that because Ben is so talented and can play anywhere, and he is his game will translate to any position it gives them the ability to move Ben there and get Shake Milton on the floor 35 minutes a game. And, you know, as games go on, you know, who are the five on the floor? And you'll right. see Ben move, you know. So a lot of this is, you know, kind of I, – I don't know that there's a sport that the starting lineup – well, I guess – but we get so caught up in these things that, oh, this guy's moving here, yeah. but then – you know, at the eight-minute mark when they make their first substitutions, everything moves back. I think it just gives them versatility. I think it's dictated by the idea they want to get Shake Milton on the floor more. I agree. I agree and having a, having a talent like Ben Simmons who can move anywhere gives Brett Brown the luxury of being able to do that without having to rip apart the fabric of the team. In fact, I think this is a move to try and get your five best players on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I think that's no, what I, I I agree, and when you're one of the when you've got a guy like Ben who can do just about anything from anywhere, it makes it a lot easier to manipulate the the lineup. And there's also a saying I've also used for years: I, you know, everybody gets all hung up on who starts. I understand that, but to me, it's like what's your lineup? What's your lineup when you're finishing? There's five minutes to go. That tells you 
who's in the game with five minutes to go without foul trouble, okay, tells you everything about what the coach thinks about who the best, better players are. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's like I said, I think this is the type of thing we get caught up on because it's conversation, and but it, it doesn't mean a heck of a lot other than they want. I think I agree with you. I no think I do agree with you. This is based on the idea that they want to get the five guys yes. who are the most effective on the floor for as long as they can together. And these are their five best offensive players, too. That's the other mm-hmm. part. I think I think that's what Brett Brown's being smart. He says, look, hey, we got this sprint here. Let's put our best offensive team out there. Yes. All right, Flyers. Uh, any news on the Flyers? Because they're close to getting ready to, to give it a go in the Toronto bubble. Yeah, I haven't heard – you haven't heard much about the Flyers other than the updates that they're uh, – you know, now I think they actually had the full team together today uh, for one of the rare teams or one of the, the first times. I think the thing you're going to be interested with the Flyers, they were rolling downhill when everything they stopped. sure were. They were arguably the hottest, one of the best teams in the NHL. And it's going to be – some of that is talent. Some of that is kind of chemistry and momentum and mindset. And it's going to be interesting kind of picking up if they can get back to that level uh, because I do think they were kind of, I don't want to say like too far out over their skis, but I don't think they were as good as they were playing at the end of when things got shut yeah. down. I don't mean that as a shot. No, no, no. Um, no. I don't mean that as like they're a fraud, but they were really surging like you want to surge in the NHL at the end of March, beginning of April, heading into the postseason. It'll be interesting to see if they can get up to that level once things restart because I don't think it was all about talent the way they were playing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we know what Penn and the Ivy League are doing. Now, whether it goes to the spring or not remains to be. I mean, has anybody mentioned the spring to you at all, Matt? I've heard it in passing. I haven't heard it in in discussion like where somebody has said. The the thing that – I think it's a possibility, but the thing that – see, this is how everything – every question you answer leads to four more questions. And the the Ivy League has kind of been on the forefront, and to their credit, of reducing concussions, reducing contact and stuff like that. So now you're going to play two seasons within six months of each other, right. seven, eight months. Sure, it's. I'm not saying right or wrong. I just think it it, it brings up a whole new set of questions. Yeah. That you know we're still trying. We're answering question three, and if you do that, you're adding on questions uh-huh. 716 through 812, uh-huh. and you know it's just tough. It's. I feel bad for people trying to maneuver this because it's it's next to impossible. It really really is so uh, i just take a wait and see um yeah i mean that's because that's what i've done in this show repeatedly i've taken a a wait and see since march 12th yeah because you can't the 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 variables are constantly changing yeah and it's very hard to predict anything too far going forward um i do think if we see any kind of iteration of ivy league football it will be simply a seven game ivy league yeah i think it would just be uh 
and go from there. But uh, I don't know. It's it's a lot. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Yeah, I understand that. Because, look, I mean, in the spring, it may be it's still the same. We don't know. Uh, one other one, and that's with Temple. Have you has, has Temple made any statement about anything, or the American made any statement about anything to this point, or are they following the lead of the Power Five? I, I would imagine they're following the lead of the Power Five. I haven't seen anything. Okay. Um, because I think you got to – it's – you got to wait and see if you can get kids on campus consistently. Yeah, sure. And, and I know that's not the, you know, it's just, I think, I think anybody that's making any that's definitive part. statements at this point is throwing darts. Well, that's part, that's, that's part of what I've been saying, the one step at a time approach. I've said, look, it's got to yeah. be one step at a time. Well, that's a step. And that, mm-hmm. now, do you take the step or not take the step that then determines what step you do or do not take after that. So, yeah, I think, from a virus standpoint, I would. You look at the Ivy League; all the teams are centered in places that I don't want to say have the virus under control, but have been trending in the right direction for some time. Yes. You look at like Temple. You know they've got comp. They've got teams in Florida. They've got teams in Texas in their yeah, conference. They're I spread mean, out everywhere. It and these are places that this virus is running unchecked. So I don't know how you put something together that would involve a team going to Texas or a team going right. to Florida. I just, I don't know. But like you said, it, I think you got to be in wait-and-see mode. But that's easy for me to say because I don't have to plan a multi-million dollar budget or a multi-billion dollar uh, college football industry and try to have it make sense. I'm disappointed in you, Matt, because I thought years... <laughs> yeah. I thought Not year, the first. I thought, year, I thought years ago when you were here, I thought you would be the person eventually making those decisions. <laughs> oh, just happy to be a worker, B. Yeah, I know. Well, that's because that's, that's an old line I use all the time when somebody asks me about the length of my career. I said, yeah, I said, all these years, I said, no upward mobility, you know, <laughs> doing the same job I've been doing. <laughs> no, yep. no change. <laughs> and lucky every day to do it. Hey, Absolutely. Just punch the clock. <laughs> yeah, lucky every day to do it. Hey, Matt, always a pleasure, my friend. Stay well, please. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Matt Leon in Philadelphia. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Trade in and trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now until the end of the month, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more. That's right, more than your car is worth. Take advantage of Kia's first ever trade-in assist bonus cash. Get an extra $1,500 on third row 2020 Serenos. There's 22 available with savings up to $7,025. SMC has an extra $1,000 on the versatile 2020 Sportages. There's 27 available with savings up to $4,655. Plus an extra $1,000 on the stylish 2020 Kia Soul. With 17 available and savings up to 44.24, the demand for quality pre-owned vehicles is at an all-time high. So stop in Sunbury Motors Kia for your upgrade today. Trade in, trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Retail trade in assist applies for model year 2000 or newer Kia or competitive model. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. 
properties have served this valley for decades. Auto home life business bundles, they save you money. They are constantly taking care of that policy and you. It is Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament is August 5th, and we will be there for it. Uh, Matt evidently is the uh, prize celebrity that uh, many want to be paired with, and a big moment for it. We'll see about that as we as the day goes on. Look, let me give you one good solid piece of advice. Okay. If you can putt, they will love you. All right. Okay. I'm not a I'm bad not putter. I'm not a bad That's putter, so if that you makes can me feel putt, better. Okay? If you can putt. So that's, I mean, I'm just telling you, you can do that, it'd be great. That's good. We're in the, yeah, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory, best. Sales staff, best service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So, obviously, another busy day today. Uh, the NFL trying to work out. And I agree with John. You play a preseason game because, guess what, you want to find out what the results physically are of the preseason game. Uh, What it can do for the confidence of everybody if it goes well would bode well for the future. Uh, Then there's the Iowa story that Kurt Ferentz, after saying, geez, I didn't really know a lot about this, uh, turned out that he knew about a lot of the mistreatment in 2018. And not only that, James Daniels, who whose tweet ignited this firestorm at Iowa, sat down with the athletic director, Gary Barta, more than a year ago to discuss this. Okay? And my respect for James Daniels reading that went up exponentially. In other words, I'm not going to blindside everybody and just release this tweet. It turned out he tried to quietly handle it and affect change by going through the proper channels. And it seems like a lot of that was, was, if it was listened to, they didn't act quickly at all. That's if they listened to it. So, I mean, that's that, that's what I find to be. I mean, Daniels tried to do it the right way. He sat down quietly. Then he looked around more than a year later and said, either very little had changed or, in his opinion, nothing had changed. First fans, by the way, were this weekend uh, down in Bristol, Tennessee for NASCAR and in Iowa at the IndyCar race. The memorial in Dublin, Ohio, was to have 8,000 fans. 
But three weeks ago, they backed off on that. There were some fans watching because the golf course runs through housing and condominiums. Some people came out on their porch and they were watching, so every once in a while you would hear some fans. No fans in Jersey for the Jets, Giants, or Rutgers. We'll talk to you tomorrow.